702 for the curious. Streaming countrywide on the 702 app. Good evening to you, Ayanda, and thank you for joining us this evening. For sure, it's a pleasure to be with you tonight. Thank you so much. Good evening to you and your listeners. Awesome stuff. So, look, um, as you heard, um, the brigadier mentioned there that uh, the the regulations that she's aware of that have been amended, that have been relaxed somewhat, is all uh, you know is in and around public transport. But not to confuse people and not for people to get overly excited, this is within a particular context. Would you please explain what that would be? One hundred percent. So Minister Mbalula has had some rigorous engagement with a number of stakeholders and uh, one of them being his counterpart in the social development uh, department, uh, Minister Lindua Zulu. And uh, as the engagement unfolded, it just um, surfaced that we have to find a way to allow your social grant recipients and the elderly in particular to be able to access the grants. And once they've done so, they must be given time to then go to the stores and stock up the necessary supplies. You'll know that, Groshaw, these are people who sometimes head households. They, they live with their grandchildren and have to um, support them based on the children's grant mm, and uh, mm. their, their own. And so it was, um, it was important for the minister to then relax those uh, regulations for this coming week. So it's from Monday the 30th of March until the 3rd of April, which is Friday. And for that week, there will be public transport that is available from 5 o'clock in the morning until 8 p.m. for those who receive social grants. So it's it's important that you made the you know uh, gave us the clarity in terms of saying for people who receive social grants how then do we and and excuse the the, the term then that I'm using but how do we police that because obviously uh, I could decide that listen I'm I'm a bit sick and tired of staying at home uh, you know and this is my perfect opportunity to jump into a taxi and go and and uh, just go about town and just see what's happening uh, because ultimately yeah. we can't necessarily tell who is on a social grant and who's not on a social grant simply by looking at them because it could be uh, someone of any particular age, any particular gender uh, that obviously is um, a recipient mm-hmm. or a beneficiary of said social grant. Yeah, 100%. Well, there's a number of ways that we envisage dealing with this. Firstly, when it comes to issues of compliance, it's very important that we constantly remind South Africans why it is that we're putting these restrictions in place. It literally is a matter of life and death. And we are finding that some people are looking for ways to avoid complying or ways to circumvent the laws and asking, oh, what if I need to move house? Can I then move house? What if I need to do this? Can I do that? It's very important that we remind people that it is a lockdown and it is a lockdown down for a reason, firstly. And mm, then we discourage mm. people from going out of their house unnecessarily, going to the mall uh, to go and shop. And this is why uh, clothing shops have been closed and entertainment centers have been closed. But secondly, and very quickly, we're calling on those who are grant recipients who do use the SASA card to bring the SASA card as well as their identification, their ID, to be able to get into the vehicles and say, here's my SASA card, here's my ID card. Um, I, I would like to go and access um, uh, the, the necessary stores where I can get the essential products. Um, so those are the ways that we're going to try and maintain some semblance of, of order when it comes to this lockdown. And then, of course, those who are going to work within the prescribed uh, working hours will then be able to produce their permits as per normal. 
Okay. So that that for me was the important. But obviously the next phase to this, especially during this period of lockdown, I think um, social distancing would be probably more important than any particular, than any other time. Um, as you would agree with me, how do we then ensure social distancing, considering that this was already a concern, the uh, concern rather that the minister had raised recently, saying that uh, he's not seeing too much compliance in that particular space, and it does worry him somewhat. Look, and of course, relaxing these uh, directions, it does not mean that we forego all the other precautionary measures. We are still calling on the taxi industry to sanitize their taxis. We are still calling on them to make sure that the queue marshals are well aware of what they need to do to open and close the taxis, washing of the, the handle, making sure that you disinfect the, 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 the areas um, where people will be coming in, making sure that people wait in line a meter apart and not one close to the other. Mm-hmm. But we're also hoping that um, there'll be adherence with regards to the capacity. That hasn't changed. And I know some people are thinking, oh, now you've relaxed the time, which means the taxi can be 50, uh, 100% full. No, no, no. We are still saying 50% of the license capacity of the vehicle. And then we're hoping that because it's spread out throughout the day, that, you know, taxi drivers will still be able to pick up people and may at least try and get a little bit more money coming in, even though we know it's nowhere near what they would get on a normal day outside of the lockdown. Mm. I mean, that for me is absolutely, but uh, as for everyone else in terms of people who work, uh, people who are obviously using public transport to get uh, to and from work, and obviously those people who are going out to do uh, survival shopping, let's call it survival shopping, the rules still remain the same. It's from five o'clock up until a particular time and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And Minister Mbaluna will also be announcing new regulations in that regard. Remember that with implementation is when you start to see that, oh, there's a gap here that needs to be filled or tightened. Um, there's a little bit of relaxing that we need to do here for this week. And I think it's very important that South Africans understand that fully. When you look at us and compare us to our global counterparts, I really think government is doing a phenomenal job. We're counting way above our weight here. If this virus can bring your uh, Italy, can bring your uh, US uh, and other countries who are developed countries uh, to their knees and, and, and cause them to buckle under the pressure, we as South Africa as a developing country are really doing phenomenally well. But that's not to say we will not have mistakes. That is not to say we're going to get everything right. We welcome suggestions from stakeholders the public who say perhaps do this better this is not working but we're asking that they do so knowing that we're on the same side we're not against each other here we're all looking for the same outcome which is to get through this with with as minimal damage as possible I mean, ultimately, Ayanda, it's, I think the difficulty is, and it's a point that I made with the brigadier early on with Matapela Peters when she was on the line, and I think that we also have to be realistic as a nation is that in as much as, um, you know, in my suburban middle class environment, I can be reasonably com- comfortable being on lockdown. I have access to Wi-Fi. I can do my work. Uh, the children can do their schoolwork, you know, online and do goodness knows whatever else. Um, we've stocked up the fridges. Uh, you know, the fridge is reasonably full. The pantry is reasonably full. So there's no real need for us to leave the house except for maybe, um, you know, perishables like bread and milk and that type of thing. Uh, but for a lot of people who live in townships, the, the, the difficulty is, is 
that they're living, living in close quarters. A lot of people are living in um, hovels, for lack of a better term. It's either a shack, it's a small RDP home or their type of thing. And, and a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people live under those circumstances. A lot of people also then uh, find themselves in conflictual circumstances where it's maybe not close family members living with each other, or even if it is close family members, that there's still conflict. How then do we ensure uh, that we keep people indoors um, and not then wanting to unnecessarily catch a taxi every single day in an effort to try to escape home, uh, especially for people who are non-essential workers? Yeah. You know, first of all, I completely sympathize and I empathize. And I know 100 percent, you know, people are living in small, uh, compressed areas. Can you imagine, you know, being in lockdown in an informal settlement? I understand that it's uncomfortable. I understand that it's frustrating. But I equally understand that it is absolutely necessary for our own good. I'll give you, you know, a perfect example here. This is something that's just going to happen for, number one, 21 days. If we don't all, and by all I mean the have and the have not, if we don't all sacrifice our comfort somewhat in order to get through these 21 days, we may find ourselves worse for wear. We may find ourselves in a situation where this is either extended or, God forbid, there's a, a state of emergency. We don't want to find ourselves in that place because it will be too dire to contemplate. And so we are calling on people to make sacrifices. We are calling on people in informal settlements to make sacrifices because they will be hardest hit if we go past these 21 days. We're calling on people in suburbia to also uh, make sure that they don't cut corners. We too, those who are living in suburbs, are making all sorts of excuses. I mean, I've got calls, Gershaw, from people who say, I bought a house. I'm mm. supposed to be moving out on the 2nd of April. Can I still move? And I said, you've got a nerve, with all due respect, because the person who's coming to move your furniture must then be exposed to the elements, must be exposed to this virus to come and move your house. It is not an essential service, and I don't mean to be harsh, but no, you may not move house. So it's not just people mm. in informal segments that must be um, feeling the pinch. It's us as well. Who, who, who are middle class, who actually have to make sacrifices. There are still no, people sure. jogging. There are still people walking their dogs. It is terribly selfish. No, very much so. Um, and I think that people who do, especially do things that are, um, that were pointed out, um, you know, as, as uh, things to steer clear from that still continue to do that, um, they're being selfish and they, they clearly undermining this whole process. And that is why, I mean, unfortunately, we're going to see a continuous increase. And I think we've reached that point where we, we're not keeping up with the numbers. Uh, I don't think it's just 1,280. I think that's 1,280 up to a particular point. And then tomorrow we're going to discover there's another big swell and so on and so forth. Um, and that's only going to, that can only be stopped if people start behaving themselves. But what I just wanted to find out from you, just as a final thought, Ayanda. So it kicks in this week. So from tomorrow, uh, five o'clock in the morning, all the way through to eight o'clock, that's when public tra- transport will be available for uh, SASA grant recipients all the way through to Friday. Um, just to clarify, what do people need to bring along? Because of course, uh, there's still going to be a heavy military and police presence. Um, uh, you know, to, to enforce uh, the lockdown. So what do people need to bring along uh, in an effort mm-hmm. to obviously show that they are the grant recipients and that they are going to go do the business that they need to do? 100%. So please, if they can bring their sponsor cards, 
as well as their identification. Now, I, I know that a lot of the Gogos will not be able to carry groceries and go about their shopping without the um, assistance of one of their grandchildren or maybe a son or a daughter. So they'll mm-hmm. need somebody to bring to come along with them. And we're well aware of that. We just request that they please bring their identity document with as well. And this is to assist with law enforcement, just to make sure that we're all on the straight and narrow and to make sure, again, that we remember why we're doing this. We are uh, doing it in order to save lives, literally. And I think to those of us, very quickly, those of us who uh, find ourselves in a better position, to also be understanding, to also be sympathetic and empathetic, but to also make sure that we check ourselves and stop trying to normalize an abnormal situation. Please, those who have access to vehicles, don't go willy-nilly because you've got a private car now to want to go and visit a friend, etc. Please, please, please. This is an appeal from me to you. There are people who are stuck all over the world who are trying to come back into the country and they need to make sure that they get through the 21 days so they can return. Let us not be selfish and let's do all that we can do so that we can return to a state of normalcy. No, indeed. Ayanda, all the best to you. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, thanks for chatting to us. Thank you very much for your time, Gosho. All the best. Keep safe. You too. Thanks. There was Ayanda Ali Payne, a spokesperson for the uh, Ministry of Transport.